Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fun Now Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday is upon us, and it's one of those days if you glance at the markets and came back a little bit later, you might have been scratching your head. Well, we're going to talk about what's been happening in this trade. Not a typical type of Monday trade that we have seen, but we do have a WASDI report that comes out tomorrow. But before we jump into tomorrow's report, we're going to do a little rewind and look back to the October WASDI report. It was all set up. As Brian Split joins us today, he's with agmarket.net. And, and Brian, let's start out. Rewind to October. Does what happened in October in the delivery set the tone for what we're going to see in tomorrow's report? So I think the, um, you know, the, the trade back in the October WASD or prior to the October WASD, we have those pre-report estimates that come out. And they put them out on Bloomberg and Reuters. And it's a survey of, of many different firms that put out their, their estimates for what the USDA is going to say. And so if you go back to the October WASDA report, the pre-report estimates were bullish. And so the day that all those estimates came out, the bean market was up 30 cents that day. And it was almost like they priced in the expectation of the report just from their pre-report estimates. And what ended up happening was the USDA report was actually even more friendly than what the pre-trade estimates were looking for and we went up a little bit more on report day. Um, so let's kind of circle back around to where we are today. Um, we had some lows last week, and January beans had traded down into that 10.55 area on Wednesday of last week. Um, we were up 22 that day. We were up another 17 and a half the next day. And so when you look at today's highs off of just last Wednesday's lows, that's about a 60 cent move. So I don't doubt that uh, we've already priced in a good chunk of what the uh, report could say. I think the risk right now is that the USDA does something similar to last month. Uh, And what I mean by that is last month they really kicked the can. They did not touch bean yield. And the trade right now is, is expecting them to both increase export demand and decrease bean yield and if they don't leave the if they leave the bean yield alone again uh, and wait till the january report to really assess yield then we may have overdone it in the short term Uh, so that'll be something to watch out for but uh, right now the average trade guess for soybean carryout is 235 million bushels and i would venture to say we we need to see something at least that or lower in order to make this market really want to price an additional uh, premium into the market here. Many folks wonder, you know, obviously when it gets to be report day, there's a little bit of nervousness that goes on. Can we expect some sort of initial knee-jerk reaction because of the algorithms after those numbers come out at 11? Yeah, I, w- I would say that uh, whenever you have any of these reports, there's going to be a, uh, a quick reaction um, as soon as the computers get a hold of the number. The computers are going to see the number and digest the number uh, and trade the number faster than humans will really be able to go looking for the information. So when I am sitting at my desk on a report day, I don't even go to look for the report. I don't really care what the report says in the first few minutes. I want to see how the market reacts. Uh, and that'll really tell me all I need to know about the report, uh, what the futures do. Uh, I'll look at the report several minutes after once things kind of slow down and, and, and look into what it said. But, uh, you know, honestly, for me, I need to make sure that uh, if, you know, there's fills, that clients immediately know what their fills are. Uh, so that's the stuff I have to, to focus on right when the, re- when the data is dropped, not the numbers themselves. Um, but uh, I, I would say that you're going to expect quite a bit of volatility because you're going to get a yield number um, that'll be separate. You're going to get carryout numbers. 
people are going to be diving into the carryout number to see what the USDA did with demand and all the different demand categories. We're also going to get some uh, some updates on the world numbers. So you might trade a number, you know, on a domestic carryout number, uh, but then the world numbers, you know, let's say there's not much that happens domestically on corn, but they reduce U- Ukraine's crop and make some other adjustments, and now the world numbers uh, are are looking bullish. So you could see the market trade both directions very quickly right after the data is dropped uh, for different reasons. There's some dryness concerns that continue to happen globally. I'm sure that'll all be factored in as well. There are dryness concerns. Um, So I think for the South American crop, it's too early to really uh, expect any kind of an adjustment on on Brazil's soybean crop, for example. Um, I think that uh, we should expect some adjustments on some of the other crops that are further along. And I had mentioned the Ukrainian corn crop. Uh, I think most of the trade believes that Ukraine's corn crop is uh, three to five million tons less than where the USDA currently sits. So that would be uh, a number that we would expect to be revised. But uh, above and beyond that, we have a lot of other things going on in the outside markets that uh, are providing influence as well. Let's talk, I want to get to the outside markets, but I think we're going to hold that for the second half. Let's look at the corn with the highs. Um, what do you see in an end the carryout perspective from that? So average guest for the uh, corn carryout in the report tomorrow is 2.033 billion bushels. And I, I struggle to think that corn needs to go higher uh, and, and take out the 420 level if that is the carryout number that we, we get from the USDA. Uh, in order to get that carryout number, we need to see a combination of a little bit lower yield and uh, an increase in, in demand. Um, the carryout could potentially come out below that. I think you would take a little bit more aggressive stance on the USDA on the yield front in order to get carryout down into the into the one nine zone, um, and and frankly, I think you need to see carryout probably with a one point eight in front of it um, in order to really warrant uh, corn getting above four twenty right now, uh, unless the bean market gets an extremely bullish report and uh, it drags corn with it, because uh, then you have the implications of new crop soybeans rallying. And uh, we're going to have, you know, December 21, corn is going to need to keep up with it to an extent to make sure it, it maintains acres. Uh, so those will be the things we'll be looking for moving ahead. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to continue this conversation with Brian Splitties with Act. We are going to take a look at the outside market influences, NASDAQ and Dow, making things just a little bit of interest into the trade. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Monday on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. So we kind of hinted to it as we were getting ready to wrap up the front half. Let's talk about these outside market influences. And NASDAQ and the Dow and, and the talk of a vaccine has really just added a little bit of excitement to this trade. Uh, yeah, a lot of excitement. Um, I woke up this morning and checked the markets uh, kind of first thing like I normally do just to see what the overnight did, and, and things looked rather normal. I jump in the shower, get out, and uh, the Dow all of a sudden had rallied uh, over a 1,000 points in a matter of 15 minutes. Uh, we had the energy markets explode higher. And uh, so the news this morning is that Pfizer uh, has a vaccine that is apparently 90% effective. And so uh, we saw some major shifts. Uh, one of the things, the Dow, and the Dow is currently up about 1,300 points, but the NASDAQ is down 50. 
So we're seeing a big unwind. So as we had everybody locked down in COVID and everybody was really leaning on technology to get them by. So everybody's ordering everything from Amazon. And, uh, you know, we're, we're using Zoom meetings and, and using technology a lot more than normal. And then you have all the value stuff, you know, your, your airlines, your, your cruise lines, your movie theaters. Um, no one was doing any of that stuff. So those stocks really took a big beating. So now today you have the Dow up and up about 1300 right now. And that's actually about 500 off the highs. And uh, we have the NASDAQ actually trading down almost 50 points. So there's this big unwind right now where now the money, because we have a vaccine, wants to go into the value. They want to go back into the airlines and the cruise lines and the movie theaters because if this vaccine does have the efficacy that they're advertising, the hope is that we're going to be getting back to normal much sooner rather than later. Now, I guess the question and then why we probably will see this move faded a little bit over the course of the week is how many of these doses can we get out realistically and when is it going to be to the point where a good portion of the the population is actually vaccinated it's not going to happen overnight we're not going to be going to the movie theater tomorrow um so i i think you know what we've seen today maybe a little bit overdone but definitely very positive news moving forward and one of the markets that um you know is near and dear to us the livestock markets really like this this news so we saw live cattle futures up you know three dollars or more in the december contract and I think it really assuages some fears that, uh, you know, as COVID resurgence uh, numbers were getting bigger and bigger, that we would see potentially some issues with packing plants again and what was going to happen to slaughter levels. So this just added a, a bunch of optimism, and uh, it's really good to see because I know there was some really underlying fears in the live cattle market that if things really, uh, you know, we went back into the shutdown type of a mode, that uh, that market uh, would come under some some you know, additional pressure. So again, maybe that market got a little bit overdone today, like a lot of the other markets. But I do think if we stay on this track of, of expecting the vaccine to be rolled out, that they'll be buying dips, especially as we go into winter weather and, and start talking more winter storm types uh, influence on the market on top of what else is going on. You know, it was just that little glimmer of, of normal, I think, that, that folks like to hear and, and talk of a possible rebound, especially when you look at these food service entities who've really been hit hard this, this last eight, nine months. That's right. And I, I think the timing of this, um, when you consider that there was probably a lot of money on the sidelines, um, you know, with the election and kind of waiting to see how the cards were going to fall. I think that that money wanted to come back in. And so now when you have big news like this, uh, it definitely finds a home quickly. So looking at the rest of the week, what can we really plan on? Or is it all going to depend on what this report tomorrow has to say? Well, I think when you take a look at soybeans right now, um, you know, we've kind of discussed how the report could be disappointing if if the market has priced in more than what the USDA gives us uh, on the report tomorrow. But let's say for a second that it is a, a bullish report. Um, you know, one of the things that we've been looking at is that soybeans are, are just above $10 a bushel right now. Um, we have not been above $11 recently. And so the last time we got above 11 we went in that same month right up to 12 and that was in 2016 so this report tomorrow could be the gateway to going to 12 dollar beans and potentially in very short order if the usda does drop carry out enough to where the the money still wants to be involved 
Um, and I would suspect even if the report isn't considered bullish and we do pull back, uh, we still have the La Nina ahead of us for South America's growing season. So I, I don't think they'll let the market just die. Um, they'll be in here, you know, I, I think ready to buy a 50 to 60 cent correction if we do get one. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brian? Well, you can uh, reach me directly at 815-665-0463. Uh, you can reach anybody on the Ag Market team at 844-4-AG-MARKET. So it's 844-424-6758. Check us out online at agmarket.net. And uh, my Twitter handle is at BJSplit. All right. Thanks so much. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. Uh, They're not suitable for all investors. That's the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.